Welcome to the Podcast Connector. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes tips on all things entrepreneurship, spreading your message, and the podcasting space. Plus, we will connect you with some amazing people in health, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Podcast Connector. Kaylee Christina here, and we're excited for part two with Saul Finkenstein. If you have not listened to the first one, please go back. We talked all about the most common red flags in wellness startups, and I promise you, you are going to learn so much. So if you haven't listened to that, just so you know, Saul is a partner at a New York law firm and published author and public speaker with over 25 years experience in corporate governance, finance, mergers and acquisitions. He's worked with CEOs, board of directors, Fortune 500 companies, and startups within the health and wellness space. In addition to that, Saul is a lifelong marathoner. We are gonna talk about exactly how he's trained for 26 New York City marathons and counting without developing any chronic injuries, all while building a family and a thriving career in an extremely competitive industry. We're gonna bring all these tangible tips of how to implement a long career and wellness strategy so you can build a more fulfilling life as an entrepreneur. Seriously, we all need this in our 20s and 30s. Welcome back to the podcast, Saul. Thank you. Nice to be here. So I want to jump into a little more of your background. We touched more on your career background in the first one, but I want to merge it with wellness in this one. You've ran 26 New York City marathons. You take very good care of your health. Has that always been a constant in your life or was there a point in life where you woke up and you're like, I need to kickstart my wellness journey because this is not sustainable? It's actually uh, a little more complicated than that in some ways, in some ways more simple. So when I was a kid, until I was 16 years old, I was always the heavy kid in, in the class, right? I was the one who was picked last for the team because I was weighed more than everybody else. And uh, when I was about to turn 16, I decided that I don't want to be that kid anymore because I felt like that doesn't really represent who I am, that it's just an external kind of facing vision that people have of me. And I didn't feel like it represented who I was. So I basically at the age of 16, with a little help from my parents and others, decided to change everything about how I was eating, how I was moving, how I was spending my time. And in the course of about three months, lost a lot of weight and started exercising. And that wasn't anything formal or structured. And that's really an important point, I think, is that for people listening who have young children, who they feel they need to get them into structured athletics at a very young age, and often very competitive athletics. I have found from all the friends that I've had over the many years and watching them raise kids is that very often, not always, but very often that doesn't work out the way it was intended. Meaning that if, if kids are kind of pushed into very rigorous athletic in particularly competitive athletic endeavors at a very young age before they're able to decide for themselves, that usually doesn't last into adulthood. I don't know too many people who were intensely competitive athletes at the age of 12 or 13, who at the age of 45 are still as intensely dedicated to fitness. Uh, usually that they leave that behind. They've had enough of it. It brings up too many bad memories. So I think I was sort of the beneficiary in a kind of funny way of not really being an active athlete as a young kid, but sort of starting very slowly as I got into my teens. And then once I started working and I graduated law school quite young, I was 23. And at that point, I kind of said, I need to start setting 
not only parameters and goals for my professional life, but also for what kind of life I want to live as a human being, as somebody who inhabits this planet. And again, slowly started to do the thing that seemed the easiest and simplest, which was running, because all you need is some space to do it. And I live in New York City, there's plenty of space to do it. And all you need is a pair of sneakers and some running clothes. So I started doing that. And several years into that, I decided to sign up for my first marathon, thinking that it would also be my last marathon. And I really enjoyed that. And over the years, what's happened is that I just continue to slowly add and change what I'm doing. So when I ran my first marathon, I thought it would be a great idea if I didn't drink any water because that would waste time, right? You don't want to stop and drink water and that's going to take away. So I, I basically was like, dying of dehydration. So I quickly learned like that, uh, that was not a good strategy, but it, that's an example of, you know, just growing with, as you gain more knowledge, uh, as you gain more experience, finding the things that work best for you and in committing to them and committing to them in the same way that you commit to everything else in your life. Like people always say to me, I have to be at work at nine and I'm there till nine o'clock at night and I work weekends. When am I going to find time to work out? And my answer is usually that it takes a lot less time than you think, and that you could always find whether it's 20 minutes or 10 minutes to do that. And also, I think even more important is to recognize that life goes through phases. And there may be times in your life where you could only hang on by your fingernails to your fitness routine. And there are other times where you could grab it with two hands. Uh, I was at a wedding recently and I ran into a young man who's been a lawyer, graduated law school about a year ago. And I had met him at a friend's house and we went on a run probably five years ago. And I had not seen him since. And he turned to me and he said, I think about you every day. I said, really? I was surprised you even remembered who I was. And he says, well, I think about you because I'm working at this big law firm, working insane hours. But remember you said to me, just do something every day. And if that means 10 minutes, you know, I'll run around the block five times as fast as I can and I'll come back in. And I feel like I've accomplished something. I've kept my finger in it. I haven't lost touch with the whole idea of staying connected to fitness. And I think that's really the message that I hope people that are listening take away is that as long as you stay connected to it, even in the smallest way, that you'll find that when you do have more time, it'll be much easier to advance and to get more committed to it. I've used that strategy in the past and I've never put words to it until you just brought it up right now. It makes so much sense. Like just do something. I know during like really stressful times for me, it's like, all right, I'm going to commit to just a 10 minute workout. And normally it ends up going longer than the 10 minutes. And sometimes I I just have like, you know, a sweatshirt and sweatpants on. I don't even like fully change into gym clothes. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to my living room quick and do like some different sit-ups and push-ups and burpees and just do a couple different things. Sometimes it is only 10 minutes. Sometimes it, I end up getting then the energy and motivation to do more. And I live in an apartment complex. We have a gym. So I'm like, all right, I'll just go over there for 10 minutes. And I end up doing like a full 30 minutes, which is great. But even if you just get that 10 minutes in, like go run around the block real quick, something, or even just go walk for 10 minutes outside. It does make the biggest difference. And it it's a little check that you can put on your, on your to-do list. Like you move today. I, I think it also sends a message to yourself, which is that you're actually not indispensable in this world that, you know, the world will actually function 
that email will get answered, the phone call will get answered. You, know, you, you don't need to show up late to an important business meeting, but taking an extra 10 minutes and maybe even coming in you know, 10 minutes later than you planned on, it's not gonna kill your day. You're, you're probably gonna be more productive because you feel good about yourself and you have more energy. So, you know, those extra few minutes, while it seems like a burden, it's actually, you're going to reap tremendous rewards by feeling good about yourself, feeling more alert. I once went on an interview for a job as a lawyer, and this goes back to the mid eighties. And the lawyer who was interviewing me said to me in the very beginning, he says, you're not one of those runners, are you? And I said, well, actually I am. He says, well, I don't like runners as lawyers because I think it like scrambles their heads. Like when they're running all that bouncing and it's like, okay, I'm definitely not working here because that is exactly not the way to think about it. I think he had a heart attack the next year I heard anyway, but unfortunately, you know, I, I think the idea that you cannot find time, I guarantee you, you'll find time for other things that are not as productive during the course of your day than if you spend the you know, a few minutes doing something that makes you feel good. I do think a lot of people forget that are really intensive about their careers and in the type of burnout culture where it's like, I don't have time to take care of my health. I don't have time to work out. Forget how much better leaders they can be when they do take the time for themselves because you're going on a run, you're clearing your head, you're lowering your nervous system, you're allowing your brain to think properly instead of freeze up because you're so stressed. You're able to let some of that go so you can be better at your job. You can be a better leader to any employees you have. You can be a better company leader to any investors that you have as well. And I think we forget the brain benefits that working out and taking care of your health has and taking time away from your day to do that actually adds value to your day. Exactly. I think that it's hard for people to make the commitment because there's just so much coming at them that says they shouldn't make that commitment. Or, you know, you wake up and you think immediately of all the things you have to do that day. And the idea of sidetracking, pushing that all to the side, putting it on hold, putting it on simmer, and then you doing that thing that whatever it is that, that you work out to just seems overwhelming at the moment that you have to make that decision. And I could say from my experience, having been a professional for you know a long time, that it's a trade-off worth making every single time. You'll just feel better. Nothing will get lost in your job, in your career. In fact, it would only be enhanced by what you do. Agreed. What would you tell any friends that come to you about that? They're like, oh, you know, I really want to get my health in check. I know I'm not taking care of myself, but exactly what you said, I, I can't take time away from my day. What is a first step that you give them that can be really beneficial to making that shift? Because it's a hard one at first. It is a hard one. And I, and I think like somebody asked me if they were running their first marathon, what's the best advice I'd give them? I think the answer to those two questions are the same, which is take it really slowly. Don't say I'm going to sign up for a personal trainer four times a week for an hour and a half. Like that's just not going to happen. Be realistic and just commit to, I'm going to do something every day. I, I find that committing to doing it every day is a lot, you know, 10 minutes every day as opposed to saying, okay, I'm going to do it three times a week for 45 minutes. That becomes then a negotiation with yourself. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do it. I was supposed to do a Wednesday. I'll do it Thursday instead. I find that just like brushing your teeth, you need to do it every day and you need to have the same commitment to it that you would have to any other simple you know, health routine, whether it's sleeping, eating, or anything else that you're, you have to find time for it. And you do it slowly and you do it and you build gradually. And you have to evaluate your circumstances as they change because our lives are constantly changing. And what may have become, may have been a really stressful and demanding time for you, that 
will pass. It, you know, we go through phases where things are more quiet or things are more stable and they don't need as much attention from you as before. And you should take advantage of those times by finding a better way to work out a more efficient way, something that maybe you didn't try before that you could find is more sustainable and enduring for you. Always thinking about the long term, always think about, you know, what does this mean for me a month in a year and 10 years from now, if I set my direction, where is that going to lead me both positively, negatively in the long term? I think that's beautiful. And that's true. It's like, what would your 40, 50, 60, 70 year old self want you to be setting up right now? Like, what is that life you want to live? And what are you doing now to work towards it? Because I think a lot of us have these ideas of how we want to live our life later in life, but aren't doing anything today that's aligning with that. You know, we want to be in our 80s and like feeling really great and have this beautiful family, yet we're like burning ourselves to the ground right now, not working out, not taking care of our health, not prioritizing relationships in our lives. And remember, like it has to be aligned with what we want at the end of things or it's never going to happen. You know, it's so interesting when I hear you say that because, you know, I'm sitting here from this perspective, looking back and sometimes I say to myself, you know, how did I, when my kids were young and I would take them to school, they had to be at school at 8.30 in the morning. My wife was working in another state. So she would have to leave really early to drive to get there. And so she wouldn't be part of the morning routine of getting the kids out of the house. But I still was able to find time to get in that run somehow, like between the time that she was up and before she left, before the kids awoke, got up, before I, they needed my attention, I kind of found the time. And sometimes it was really dark and sometimes it was really cold, but I just you know, was able to get through that. And, you know, now that my kids are grown and they don't need my attention in that way anymore, I have more time to do more things and I take advantage of it. But I don't think I could be doing what I do now if I wasn't staying connected then. So if, you know, I think it's really hard to start when you're 50 or 60, start a fitness, you know, routine because your life is so ingrained in what you had been doing before. And that's why I think you just need to keep that finger in it so that you don't feel like you have to break the ice. I haven't worked out in five years, you know, be doing this thing and it gets all built up in your mind. But if, you know, it's something that you've always done, you've always had a connection to, and now it's just a question of turning the dial as opposed to turning on the off switch, you know, I think that's a lot easier to do. If you are a podcast host and you are not already part of the Podcast Connector, what are you waiting for? This is a totally free service for you. We know how hard it is nowadays to find really amazing guests that have something different to say. I've been hosting a show for over six years now, and I know it has gotten more and more difficult for me to find unique messages and really cool people. They're out there, but I go mostly on referral only, so I totally feel you. And this is why the Podcast Connector is amazing, because we get to know you, your show, exactly what you're looking for. And if we find a guest who is perfectly aligned, we will send them your way. There is no requirement for you to book the guest. You can just check it out, see if they're aligned, and we truly will only send you people who we think are perfect matches, so we won't be spamming you, but it is a no-effort way for you to uh, find some really incredible guests and book them if you want. So if you are a host and you are interested in potentially getting connected with incredible people, again, there is no requirement to book them. The Podcast Connector is totally free for you, and you can head to thepodcastconnector.com, apply today, and we will be in touch soon. Isn't it crazy what we're capable of? Like, <laughs> like you think of that, it's like, oh my gosh, you're waking up so early. Your, your wife isn't able to bring the kids to school, so you're managing to work out. 
take care of your kids, have a successful career. And a lot of times we think we can't take that next step. I can't handle all that. That's so much. But when we're thrown into it, and if you want all of it, you figure it out. It's so interesting when I hear you put it that way. The thing that occurred to me is that working out, taking care of the kids, getting them to school, of those three or four things, which are the only ones that involve just you? Like the other things are really like, it's getting the kids, taking care of them. That's really, you know, for them, making sure your wife get that's really for her. But, you know, the one thing that you could do for yourself is the time that you spend working out. And it's, it's this little cocoon that you could create that kind of is a little reprieve and a buffer from spending your whole, all of your day when you're really doing things for other people, which is great. I mean, we can't live without doing things for other people. That would not be satisfying or productive or good way to be living. But if that's all you do, you're only giving, right? Oxygen mask comes down on the airplane. They say, you know, put yours on first and then put your kids on. It's the same thing. You got to put your emotional oxygen mask on so you can take care of all the people in your life. And if you're just constantly giving and not creating that time for yourself, the quality of what you're giving is going to go down. Absolutely. How you do one thing is how you do everything and how you show up. Exactly. So you run 26 marathons and counting and you've never developed any chronic injuries. I would love to know some other really important part of your health and wellness routine that you use to support your body and really feel your best every day and feel in the best shape without overdoing it. I think, again, it starts with a gradual approach. Like if I did 30 years ago, worked out then like I do now, I probably would have gotten really injured because I hadn't built up to it. So if you look at life from, say, the age of you know, 22, 23 until whatever it is, 80, and you want to be active through that whole span, that's a very long-term look at your fitness and wellness routine. And so when you're thinking about it in decades, instead of about in days, you realize that there's no rush. As I said, you know, in the beginning, I said, I'm going to run 20 or 30 minutes a day. And that was all I did. I didn't really do anything else. And then I realized that certainly after I ran the first marathon, that I felt like I was had good, you know, cardio and good stamina, but I felt like my body was weak. And so I started, you know, lifting weights to build some upper body and lower body strength. And then I realized that I'm really not really flexible and I don't have really good balance because I'm kind of tight. And so I started doing yoga and stretching. And then I realized that I was kind of doing the same thing for many years and my body kind of adapted to it and it became sort of automatic. So I started changing some of the things that I did. I ran, I didn't run the same way every day. Some days I ran hard, some days I ran long, some days I ran short. I started stretching and doing yoga in different ways. I started lifting weights in different ways. And I think it was a combination of that and also something that we haven't talked about at all, which is really nutrition and what role that plays. And I think that when you look at your life through decades and how do you get from 20 something to 70 or 80 something and still being active and being able to have a choice about how you move, which is really what this is all about, right? You don't want to be able to want to move and not being able to because you have physical limitations to the extent that you could avoid that. Some of it is, you know, beyond our control, but to the extent that you can control it, you know, how do you do that? And I think part of that is nutrition that you kind of realize most people, I think, kind of realize it in their 30s that you kind of can't eat like you were eating when you were in college. You probably can't sustain drinking like you did when you were in college. And the way I like to think about it is not so much of like, what don't I eat? It's more like, what do I eat? And, you know, I concentrate on 
you know, again, it's just common sense things, you know, fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, good fats, or, you know, all that stuff. It's not complicated. People make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And I, I think that when you combine all of those things, gradual approach, a long-term perspective, good nutrition, common sense, common sense, uh, injury prevention. You know, again, we talked before about what's your motivation. You know, if your motivation is to win win the race or to beat your friend in the marathon, you know, you're probably setting yourself up for pushing yourself beyond your limits and that's where injuries come. So again, you know, I always ask the question, like, is this promoting health or is this detrimental? Somebody will ask me, let's do a half marathon. I'll say, well, I haven't run more than five miles in like six months and I'm not ready for a half marathon. I don't think I want to do it. So it's like, oh, come on, you know, you, you run 26 marathons. You can pull off a half anytime you want. It's like, yeah, I don't think it's promoting my health. It's like, that's just doing it to, you know, to prove something. So, you know, not to say that I, everything that I do promotes health, but I at least try to ask that question all the time. Is this promoting health or is this, or is this, are you pursuing something else like competition or ego or, or some other maybe subconscious thing? You know, and obviously genetics plays a role. I don't have, thank God, any, you know, chronic illnesses or, you know, there's a genetic component. There are ways of influencing your health by doing the things that we talked about. Oh, I think that is one of those most important things is to just slow down and be more intentional about the actions. So again, before you're about to sign up for a crazy marathon when you've never ever trained, or just even before each meal, you're about to make a decision. Is this, is this good for my health? Is this promoting health? Is this aligned with my goal or is this definitely detrimental to my health. And again, we can make the decision however way we want, but I think acknowledging and taking ownership of the choice that we're making in that moment, like you said, health doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to have these crazy structured diets and there's so much going on. Like just keep it simple, fruits, veggies, good oils, <laughs> good fats, lean protein, like that's it. And like, you you know, if you're eating something healthy or you're not, you know, if you're ordering like fried Chinese food with like syrupy sauce all over it versus a chicken avocado quinoa grain bowl salad whatever you want like you know the difference and so I think just being more right. intentional about those decisions and how you want to feel after and how you want to treat your body is the most important question to ask before I, I think that there's really a larger theme which you just hit on which is that nutrition and fitness is the one thing in our lives that we get to make decisions about like we don't get to make decisions about what our genetics are or what diseases we have or will catch or you know how many hours we work or even how much we get paid like those are all other people or other factors deciding it but as long as you're making the decision like you know i have this ice cream sundae and i have a bowl of fruit i'm going to eat the ice cream sundae okay you made that decision you're intentional about it go ahead and enjoy it as opposed to like thinking that I'm so overwhelmed with desire that I can't even make a decision. I'm just going to go for the ice cream. That is, I think, where you start falling into the traps of I don't have time to exercise. I don't have the athletic ability to exercise, that these are things that are not part of the things that I can control. And once you realize that fitness and wellness are really the one areas in your life where you do get to make the decision, then, you know, just constantly be asking yourself, what decision I'm making. And I think just asking the question will more often than not lead to a better outcome. Yes, because you're right. There is a difference in wanting to indulge in something because you're excited. It's like, oh, I haven't had an ice cream Sunday in a while. I'm excited about it. This will be great. Like your body 
is more relaxed and not stressed. So it's actually going to digest it better. And you're going to have like more happy hormones while you're eating it. It's going to feel a little bit better than if you're really stressed, overwhelmed, and then you're just diving for it because you're having all these sweet cravings and you're not going to feel good after. Like they're actually, you can be eating the same thing and the intentionality and like frequency behind it, like actually changes how you feel after and changes how your body breaks it down too. Not right. saying like if you're so excited to have an ice cream sundae every single day, that's not going to make a difference, but <laughs> talking in, you know, <laughs> right. when you want to indulge in these things. <laughs> like I'm so yeah, excited to have an ice cream sundae every single day. We all know when we're cheating. I asked the question, I went for the ice cream, I'm good. Like you, you, we all know when, when you're being honest with yourself, you actually won't feel guilty about it either. It's like have made that decision, you know, many times. And it's like, wow, that was so great yesterday when I ate that thing that I almost never eat. Okay. And now I'm not going to do that for a while because I just did it. And I feel really good that I did it. And that was so much fun as opposed to like, oh God, you know, I started eating things and now like, I'm going to have to have another one. And I'm going to like, sort of like this all or nothing black or white thing. Like either I'm on the fitness, you know, trail or I'm off the fitness trail. And I think my message is that, you know, always stay connected in some way. And it's much easier to get back when you have a connection to it than when you completely cut yourself off from it. Absolutely. Well, I think that is a perfect way to end part two of this podcast. So thank you so much for coming on everyone who's who's listening if you enjoyed this please let us know write us a review tag us on instagram and if you think this would really resonate with a friend or family member of yours send it over to them this was packed with just some beautiful life lessons i think we can all take in so thank you so much for coming on it's all thank you Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day and we will chat with you again next episode.